Also, each week, if you're not familiar with this, you know, Boomerang is a part of the body of Christ. We're not the body, the only body. We are a part of the body. And so every week, what we do is we join together and we pray for another part of the body. And this week, I want you to join with me as we pray uh, for the gathering, uh, which is Pastor Paul Jenkins and his wife, Wendy. And so let's, let's lift them up together, okay? All right, Father, we just thank you for this day. We praise you. We just ask right now, Lord, that you would bless the gathering. Father, we just ask that your abundance of life would overflow out of that place, that it would just multiply, Lord, that your life and your word, Lord, and your power would overflow in the gathering. Lord, let Pastor Paul's words be uh, just completely your words. Let your will be done in the lives of people there. And Father, we praise you for that. We thank you for that. Lord, we just ask for your wisdom on their leadership. We ask you, Lord, that people there would see the need uh, in Christ to commit to the gathering, that they would serve and work for the vision that you've given Pastor Paul. And Lord, we just ask for blessings to be on all of them, all of the members, the attenders, the partners, Lord. We ask for your blessing to be on their family too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. So, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're starting a new series today, if you hadn't noticed. Um, called Be the Light. And the whole point of this is for us to realize that you are the light of the world through Jesus Christ. This is who you are. If you're born again, if you know Christ, you are the light. And guess what? Everywhere you go, everything you do is either shining Him or it's not. You're either every action that you have is either turning the light up or turning the light down. And you know what? A big problem, a big part of the problem in the world is there haven't been enough people turning the light up. And it's because a lot of times they don't want to change, they don't want to grow, they don't want to learn how to shine more like to be seeing Jesus Christ in you and in me all the time, everywhere, and it should be growing. And because we've made bad choices in the past, we haven't been that. But today's a new day. Amen? Today is a new day, not only in Boomerang, it's a new day in you. And so, Lord, we just receive your commission to be the light of God this year, this month, Today, every day from this point forward into eternity, Lord, help us see to be the light and let us grow in that light in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. That's pretty plain. <laughs> You're the light. You're it. Now, some of you are going, yes, I am. And some of you are going, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> if I'm the light, somebody's in trouble. And you know what? I've been at both of those places. But we're going to talk about how to not be in trouble anymore. But let's get to the place where we're, we're actually being the light that God's called us to be. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Now listen to this command. This is command. These are red letters in your Bible. Jesus told us this. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. If we are being the light that God has called us to be, then people around us on a regular basis ought to be praising God for actions that we just took. People around us ought to be praising God and glorifying God based off of things that happen in and around our lives. Because the light is flowing up into our lives. The light is flowing out of us so much that people cannot ignore it. Amen? Because it's flowing so much in us, people can't ignore it at all. Amen? My goal in this series is to help you see very clearly that you should and can be the light everywhere. Listen to that again. This is what I want you to get out of it. That you should be the light and you can be the light everywhere. Now, I want to, I want to, I'm not picking, but I want, you just had a phone go off, right? And, and here, here was my perspective. Now, first of all, relax, because how many people have ever done that besides, all right, there you go. So you can relax on it, but it's a perfect example of what, exactly what we're talking about right here. As soon as that phone went off, and I thank God for that, for that, because this is what I want you to see. As soon as that went off, everybody in this room, their heads went, what was that? You know, that, that's in church. You know, why? Because it stuck out. Right? If we're being the light that God's called us to be, it should grab the attention of other people so much that it sticks out. And people have to turn their head. And when they turn their head because you're being the light and they turn their head towards you, your life is pointing them to turn their heads upward and praise God. Our life should stick out in this world as we're being the light. I want you, again, the point of the series is to help you see very clearly that you should be the light and you can be the light everywhere you go. It doesn't just mean at your job. It doesn't just mean in church. It means everywhere you go, everything you do, every thought you think either turns the light up or turns it down. Well, those are my thoughts. People don't, they don't have any right to be in my thoughts and, and those are mine. No, they, you should see them as the Lord's. You should see everything that you think or do as the Lord's. And it should be the light. You know, a lot of times what you don't realize is you don't realize that your thoughts are either turning the light up in your life or turning them down. And so you think they're your thoughts, and so all of a sudden what happens is you continue thinking on these bad thoughts, and all of a sudden what happens in the action in your life of the light, it starts going down and down and down, and then you wonder why people aren't giving God glory around you or why your life doesn't feel that way. It's because everything you do, your thoughts, be it hidden from people or not hidden from people, it's a result 
of character and your determination to say, I'm going to be the light in everything, in everywhere, or I'm not. Our job as believers is to be the light. And it's to be the light everywhere. You know, there's a... Uh, when I was in the military, some people have heard this story, I've told it a little bit recently, but we used to have a thing that said that the smoking lamp was lit, and it was talking about uh, cigarette smokers, and uh, they would say, smoking lamp's lit, and all the smokers would head out there, and uh, they'd start lighting up, you know, <laughs> they'd, they'd go out there and light up, and, and, I, and what would happen is, you know, somebody steps out, you know, they don't forget if you're a smoker, you don't forget where your cigarettes are at, but sometimes you forget where a lighter's at, and so they'll be like this. And somebody will go, hey man, uh, need a light? <laughs> right? And this is the question. Does the world need a light today? And, and, and just because, you know, in that situation, maybe that's not a great situation, but listen to this. The reason why they would offer a light is because they wanted to help. They saw they were without a light. They saw they needed one. And I'm telling you more than anything, the world today needs a true light. And it needs the heart of somebody that will say, you know what, if you don't have a light, I got one and it's the real deal. His name is Jesus Christ and I want to show you who He is. Need a light? Let me help you. Let me, let me help light you up. Let me give you the spark and the flame you need to bring the life that God has for you. Need a light? Listen, right now, I'm telling you, we are living in a time that is so exciting for a Christian. Now, I won't say it's, it's exciting for somebody who's not trusting God. Actually, it's probably not too good. But for a Christian, it is a great, an exciting time. You know why? Because in the world right now, in this time that we're in, God is reaching down into heaven and He is from heaven and turning up the light in His believers. There's something happening right now and, and if you're a believer and you know about the things of the Holy Spirit, you can feel it. There's something going on today and it's awesome. There, there's this excitement. There's this expectation. And it's because God is reaching down into the world and He's turning up the light. But, on the other side of that, you also got the devil. And guess what he's doing? Man, he's trying to make it as dark as it can be. I mean, he's trying to... How many people feel like this is the darkest you've ever seen the world since you've been living? How many people? Amen. I, we were talking not too long ago, and, and I, I told uh, Nicole and I've told other people, I didn't think that we would see some of the thought processes, just complete evil thinking that we're seeing today that's prevalent in our society. I didn't think we'd see it this quick. I, there was no way that I thought darkness would invade that far, that fast. And yet, here we are. I mean, people talking about, you know where it talks in the Word about wrong being right and right being wrong? My goodness, we're right in the middle of it. We are right in the middle of it. And it has gotten dark in the world. But for a Christian, you start to understand that in that darkness, the light shines brighter. And in that darkness, people start looking for a light. 
people start going, hey, I need something. I need something to light up. I need something real to light up my life. And it's at that point, if you've given yourself to God, you recognize, man, I got something to give them. Or, oh, I don't have anything to give them because I haven't learned how to turn up the light in my own life. But this series is going to help you so that you have not only turned up the light in your own life and it's turned awesome, but when somebody starts reaching and they need the real true light of Jesus Christ, you got something for them. The world needs a light. <laughs> and it may or may not be asking for a light, but whether they know it or not, it needs a light. And our job as Christians is simply to be there when they're fumbling around for something to be ready with the light of God. Amen? Now I want to show you a graphic here, and this is not to depress you, but it is to make you realize something. We are in what's called in the Bible, the last days. And one of the things that happens in the last days is darkness comes, and, and when you start to understand the light, you start understanding, man, the darker it gets, the more this is our time the more it shows up. But I want you to show you the last days. You know, There's a lot of people that say, you know, well, they've been saying it's the last days for 2,000 years. And they're right. <laughs> the beginning of the last days started in 33 AD. Christ had just uh, risen back up to heaven. And then it says that in the last days, the prophet prophesied in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. On all flesh, that's what God said. And so they were sitting in the upper room and the day of Pentecost came. They got filled with the Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. They poured out into the city and they were prophesying about the good works of God and the last days began. And the last days go all the way to the end where Christ calls His church back up at the rapture. Now, nobody knows the time or the day or the hour of that, but I can tell you this, it ain't far. <laughs> is not far off. And those days, all of them, from 33 AD to the rapture, is the last days. Now, I'm going to tell you, for believers, the rapture is going to be an awesome moment. This is a time of victory. This is like, praise God. I mean, all the junk, all the darkness, we are left behind, leaving that behind, and we get to go to uh, what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. We get to join with Christ. The two become one, and we get to fellowship with Him. Is awesome. And so there's a period of seven years where we'll be doing that. And then there's some other stuff. And this is not a Bible prophecy series. This is Be the Light. So we're not going to talk about the rest of that. So here's the last days. But at the end of the last days, there's something else that happens. The Lord turns up the light, but the devil tries to compress the darkness. And you start heading into a time and it's the darkest of days. And before we, you can go ahead and put that up there. And you can see it's right at the end. There's all of these, the last darkest days. And I want you to read here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Now when I've read these verses before, what I have thought is, man, when we get to that time, it's going to be bad. But the further life has gone on, I've thought, man, is there more to come beyond this? There's more coming that's darker than this? 
And it was almost a little depressing, like there's more beyond this, there's more. I don't know if I want to see more beyond this. People are already doing things so anti-God. I, Golly, is there really more beyond this? And recently, it was such a blessing because I knew we were doing this series and I, and I was sitting uh, with a Greek scholar, which the New Testament was written in Greek. So in the original language, the Greek really points out some stuff. He was teaching on these exact verses. And I want you to see this. I'm not going to go into a very detailed teaching on this. I just want to show you a few things. First Tim, 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. Oh joy, happy day. (laughs) These are the last days. Now, there's reading that list, I'm going, man, I don't want to see all that. And I've thought literally recently, man, when we get to that place, can it get much worse? If it's worse than what we're seeing right now in the minds of people all across the world, I mean, you just think about what ISIS has been doing. You think about you know, 9-11. You think about people's thoughts. It's not God, even people that say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm God. But they don't, they're not living what's in this Word. They're actually saying the exact opposite of what God would say. Anti-love, anti-life. All of these things, is not, it's not right. And I'm thinking, can it get any worse? It's going to get worse. And, and that can almost be depressing. Let me share with you this. This is what the Greek scholar, his name's Rick Renner, was saying. In that first verse where it says, And if you can go back to those verses, verse 1, he says, realize this. And I'm just going to give you his very quick commentary on each one of these words so that you see something. Realize this. He wanted, the writer wanted to prepare us, and I would say the Holy Spirit through the writer. He wanted to prepare us. He's saying, realize this. Know this. He wanted to prepare us, but he is also saying, you're responsible for this knowledge. You're responsible to be the light. Then he says, in the last days. Now this word last days means this. The farthest away, the very last port. In other words, if there's a journey, this is the last port. This is the last stop. This is the end of days. Difficult times will come. That means we are completely surrounded by difficult, hard Wounding, treacherous, trapped times. Well, again, yay, <laughs> right? Well, let me ask, let me ask you this. Second Corinthians two fourteen says this, but thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Correct. So a Christian that's operating in the light that he's supposed to be operating in, even when he sees times like this, a Christian that knows who God is, knows his heart, knows his character ought to be saying, 
But that is not for me. Even if we see those times, we are going through, and we're going through to a victory, we're going through to a triumph. Now a Christian that doesn't know that, they can receive this. No thanks. That's my response. Not only because I don't want any part of it. Number two, if God's provided victory for me, then it's my responsibility to believe God for that victory so that I can be the light when those times come. Amen? Now, here's the other thing. It says this, these days are going to encompass us. Let's go back to the timeline there. And you'll see, he said there that in this, in this last days, what he's getting ready to describe is the very last port on the itinerary. So in other words, he's going to talk about this. Where there's the last days, but then there is the very last, darkest days. So what he's describing is this period of time right before the rapture, these darkest of days. That's what he's getting ready to describe. And I want you to listen to this and I want you to tell me, are these days still coming or are these days here now? So listen to this. I'm just going to describe these words. It says here in verse 1 or verse 2, it says, in these last days, in that last port, the last time, Men will be lovers of self. And then he says this. Lovers of self means this specifically in the original language. Self-obsessed, self-consumed, a self-kissing society. I love me. A self, alright? And then it says lovers of money. In other words, what they do is they sacrifice love for money. They sacrifice love for things. In other words, you can take those two things and you can say this. You can say that they are misdirecting love. Where should love be given? Love should be first given to God. And yet what they're doing is they're giving their love first to themselves and to things. It's misdirected love. So again, as we go through this, are we in these times or are they still to come? Alright, boastful. That means they stretch the truth to fit whatever you need it to be. Removal of absolutes. In other words, they're built on a floating foundation. So in other words, they'll move to, they'll set their uh, morals on whatever fits their circumstance. Arrogant, intellectually snooty. They would think people with moral absolutes are primitive. You're crazy to believe that. Don't you know that science proves this and that and everything? I'll tell you what's happening right now is science is finally getting to a level where they're actually proving the Bible. That's what's happening. They're moving into uh, quantum physics and DNA and they're finding as they dig down into it, oh my goodness, God was right all along. Revilers, a change in human language to rough and crude speech. You know, I can remember growing up, if you heard somebody drop uh, certain words, they would be just so rude and you would have nothing to do with them. They were, they'd be considered you know, all kinds of names that weren't good. 
but you wouldn't hang out with them because they had no class. No, but yet today, I mean, it's just rampant. The other day, I mean, I was just standing in line somewhere out in public, and people are talking behind me. I can hear it. My kids can hear it, and it's like, dude, hush up. Revilers, rough, crude language and speech. Disobedient to parents. This means more than just their being disobedient. It means the parents have lost control over their children. Ungrateful means people feel entitled to have what they have. Anytime you use the words, I deserve or you deserve, you should really check yourself before you say those words. And here's the reason why. According to spiritual meters, what do you really deserve? You don't want what you deserve. (laughs) You want what Christ deserves, but not what you deserve. And as soon as we get to the place where we start feeling entitled, what are we forgetting about? We're forgetting the price He paid for us to have any kind of life at all. And so it's a good thing to just think and check ourselves. Do I really deserve this? Or does God deserve everything I can give Him? Unholy, they have a disrespect for the sacred. Unloving is a disintegration. And these are the literal definitions from the Greek when you actually expand it and see what it says. Unloving is disintegration of the family and family love. Irreconcilable is widespread divorce and broken families and broken contracts. Malicious gossips actually means that there's demonic activity in the mix. They're without self-control. Everything is out of control. No discipline, no ability to say no. No ability to say no to credit, to personal appetites, to power, or government. Brutal means savage and barbaric violence. Very similar to, it's also used, that same word was used to describe the kind of violence that they would find in the Colosseums uh, when they had the gladiators killing each other. Haters of good. The loss of love for that which is decent and moral and used to, listen to this, haters of good was used, a word used to describe a fictitious land where the laws stopped protecting good people and started protecting the lawbreakers. They thought it was so fictitious it would never happen, and yet we see it all the time now. People getting sued because somebody broke into their house. Stuff like that. Treacherous. To sell someone. No commitment to people, friends, or covenants. No absolute or permanence in relationships. Willing to break relationships for anything. Reckless. Reckless, fast decisions. Not thinking about the consequences. Conceited, actually the root word there is used to make our word typhoon. And it is, uh, in other words, it's conceited. Everything is just a mess. Everything centered on them and just a mess. But he was saying that right here is a very good and a hopeful definition. Because a typhoon will blow in fast but it also exits fast. In other words, when we get to this last days, it's going to come in quickly, but it's also not going to be long before it's gone. In other words, there's going to be a a short period of time 
to shine the brightest that you can. And it's our job to say, Lord, I'll take up that challenge for you. Amen? Lovers of pleasure. This speaks directly to hedonism. Consumed by pleasure. Living for self and fun, not for purpose. Then lovers of God. Listen, it doesn't mean that they don't love God. These could be Christians. They may be believers. And they say that they love God, but their actions show something else. A form of godliness means uh, not necessarily God, but a form of virtue, social justice, or piety, but denying the power. They have their own form of religion, but haven't accepted God's ways and power. Now let me ask you this question. Is that today? Yeah. Are we in the last, the last port of the last days? Are we in the darkest of days? And, and yes, I would say absolutely we are. As I listened to that list, I went, oh my goodness, we're there. I didn't realize how close to the end that we were. But for a believer, it's an exciting time. And you know what? I think every single one of us has done and been something on that list, if not the majority of it. Every single one of us. And that's not the time to go, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. That's the time to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, let me be the light that you've called me to be. And this is what you'll hear from heaven. Is that, you know, he'll say, is that your heart? Is that truly humility right there that I'm seeing in your heart? Absolutely, I'll give you every bit of myself and take every bit of the junk from you. I will let go of all of that. I'm not remembering any of your sin. I'm not holding it against you. All you got to do is turn to Christ and all of a sudden the spark of life comes up inside of you. All of a sudden you start to be the light and the spark is there to turn into a raging bonfire for Christ. And what happens in those last darkest days is when everybody else is running scared and they're going, what are we going to do? Our government's going down. The economy's going down. ISIS has got planned attacks here and there and everywhere. And yet you stand like a flame, like a light in the middle of the darkness and they start to wonder, how do you do that? They start to think, I need that. I need that light. I need, I need that light. I want to shine like they shine. I want to be the kind of light that they are. And the reason for it is, we're all designed in the image of God to shine like Him and through Him. We're all designed for that. And so something even on the inside of us, even on unbelievers, is saying, I need more of God. And when they see the light shining in your life, all of a sudden what happens is they go, that's it. They might not know it up here. They might not know it in their mind. But in their heart and in their spirit, their, their spirit says, that's it. That's what I need. That's what I've been looking for. And all of a sudden the world can change. Because... A few people decided, I'll be the light. The world needs a light. You know, I didn't tell you why we would light the smoking lamp when we were in the Marines. I just told you that we did. But the reason why the smoking lamp had to be lit was this. 
And when they would say, hey, the smoking lamp is lit, what they were saying was this, okay, we have an area prepared, there's nobody that can see this area, because if you light up a, a smoke in the middle of a dark night, you can see that flame burning for them a long ways away. And if we don't have a protected area or time for this, you're an easy target. Well, that may be a very negative thing in that sense, but in the kingdom of God, it simply means this. The darker the days, the lighter the light. The, the darker it gets around us, the more you shine, the brighter you shine, and the world needs a light. In darkness, the light appears even brighter. Listen to this. It is a time to use the darkness as a backdrop and a contrast to the glory and the true light of God. Use the darkness as a contrast and a backdrop to shine even brighter. Think about this. You may be going through some stuff right now. Think about this. Grab some hope right now that these problems that I've been having are going to make the answer in Jesus appear even more glorious. When people see the darkness that's been surrounding me and all of a sudden my life lights up like a burst of flames and gives glory to God, people will say, look what Christ did for them. And instead of getting down about the problems, you know that He's leading you to triumph. And so now you can have confidence in the middle of the darkness knowing that the flame, the true light of God is about to shine forth in your life. The difference is whether or not you have that light and you are that light is whether or not you know Him and will believe and move and act on His behalf. Lord, all right. Man, stuff has not been going well. I've been getting bad report after bad report. And now, most of the time, what the world has taught us to do is just have a pity party and just go. I just want to go to bed. Just wake up. It's all a dream. And, and, and that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. Because you live in that place. You're dwelling in his wheelhouse. And what Christ says is, you cast your cares off. You have no anxiety, no anxiousness, no stress. You put that all on me because I've carried it for you. He says, even if it looks like there's a problem, even if it looks like there's a storm, you have the confidence we're going to the other side. And as you do that, what's happening is you are giving God access to turn up the light in your life and all of a sudden your life starts to shine more and more so when it looks like there's no hope what is that generally it's the devil trying to get you to believe there's no hope but there's always hope in christ and as we will turn our hope towards him and turn our actions towards him we give him the ability to reach down in our lives and whoop, turn that light all the way up and shine for the world to see but you got to know him you got to know who he is. If you don't know his character, you don't know his nature, all of a sudden you're sitting there going, I don't know what I'm going to do. But if you know him, you'll be sitting there in the middle of the darkness going, ooh, what's about to happen now? Lord, thank you for giving me some dark contrast for what you're about to shine in my life. Thank you. This is going to be glorious for you, Lord. There's no way I could burn and shine and be bright like, like is what's going to happen. No way I could do it all by myself. There's no way. 
And people are going to see it and they're going to say, man, Jesus, Jesus did that for him. And all of a sudden what you just did, even though it helped your own life, you just reached into your pocket and you pulled out and gave somebody else a light and a spark to help set their life going in the way that they could live a light as a light as well. Romans 5.20 says this, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, like the last days, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Lord, thank you for pouring out abundance in our lives when we needed it. Isaiah 60, listen to this. This is a key verse for the Be the Light. 60 verse 1 through 3 says this. And I want to tell it to you right now, no matter where you're sitting at, no matter what you're facing, listen, take these words for your own right here. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people's. But the Lord will rise upon you and His glory will appear upon you. This is a promise for you. His glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. As the world gets darker, you were designed to shine brighter. You were designed to be the light. The New Living says, verse 3, like this, All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. You were designed to shine through Christ. It's what you were made for. It's who you are. It's not just feely good words. It's God's words. You were designed to shine. The radiance of God's glory. Be that light. As we went into 2015, it became very evident that 2015 was a year for Boomerang to be the light. That was the focus for the whole year. Be the light. I want you to remember everywhere you go and everything you do, whether you're working at your work or driving down the road, you are the light to somebody. Somehow, some way, every decision, every action is either turning the light up or turning the light down. You're the light. You're the light. You're the light of the world, Jesus said. You're the light. Be the light. We're going to talk more in the series about how to be a light. I'll just give you a start. We just read about how to be dark. Do you want to be the light? Go back to all those things and do the opposite. <laughs> do exactly what it told you not to do and not to be. Go do the other stuff. You'll turn the light right up in your life. Direct your love right. Everything you do, everything, either turns the light up or it turns it down. It's time to let our light shine. Turn it up. Be the light. It's time to let your light shine. You're in the darkest of dark. You're in the last days. Now some people, like I said at the beginning, some people see that as a downer. But when you start to know who you are in Christ, you start seeing that as opportunity. 
Praise God, he's about to get some glory right here in this situation. Praise God, he's going to turn it. He's not leaving. Listen, Christ is not leaving you in the dark. It's not him. It's not his character. It's not his nature. If he was leaving you in the dark, he'd have just left the earth a long time ago and left us all alone. And we would have global warmed ourselves all to pieces. We'd have been done. It's not the heart of God to leave you in the dark. It's the heart of God to reach into the darkness and turn on your light through Jesus Christ and through His life. And it's our job and it should be our heart to receive His light and let it just continue to flow and overflow in abundance all throughout the world and light up the world because you're the light of the world. You're going to really like more and more about what we talk about with being the light. There's some important and huge things as we go through the next three weeks. You're going to really enjoy it. I just ask you to stand right now. You know, some of you today may be saying, that's great, Brian. Right now I could just use a spark. <laughs> right now I just, I could, I'd be happy with some flint. <laughs> just one match just give me a match well that's what we're here for we're here to be the light for you we're here to be the fire starters to start lighting that fire inside of you that says hey you can be the light too you don't have to sit in this darkness any longer. You don't have to sit in the junk. You don't have to sit in the mess. Just accept the things of Christ Accept Him and move into His promises. Accept Him and move into everything that He has for you. Simply turn your heart towards Him and start disciplining yourself after Him. That change right there immediately starts the light inside of your life. I just want to give you opportunity to say, alright Lord, help me be the light. Help me go after you more than I have been. Help me to shine brighter. Lord, Lord I, I not only want to shine brighter for my own life, and I need it for my own life, I want to shine for You. I want to shine for other people as well. Right now, no matter where you fall on that scale, if you're just saying, yeah, I need that, let's just bow our head. And If you just want to shine brighter, just you can do it big, you can do it little, you I need a spark. I, I just need a start, you know. And whether not, wherever you're at, just lift your hand. And just say, say, Lord, I need more of You. I need more of Your light in my life. And right now, by lifting my hand and lifting my heart, I'm saying, I'm receiving what You're giving. And let's just pray. Just say, Father, I need more of Your light. Right now, I may have a little or a lot, but I need more. I need to be your light in this world. And I need your light in my life. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the director of my life. I discipline my life after you. I make my decisions and my choices after what you have to say about things.
And I believe that God brought you back to life for me. Lord, shine in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merritt and George, will y'all come up? If today's your first day, we have a special gift for you. Everybody's got a gift today. So, <laughs> If you don't have a t-shirt, we want to give you one. And uh, we want to connect with you. If you don't have a t-shirt, make sure that you let Abigail know. Abigail, go ahead and head over there. And she'll get you a t-shirt. And if we don't have the size, if we ran out of them, we'll get you one. You just make sure we know about it. If you have anything you need prayer for whatsoever, just come up and see these guys and they will pray for you and lift you up. And they will help light the fire of the life of God in your life. I thank you so much for being here today. And I just ask, Father, I just ask for your blessing to be on everyone in everything. Thank you, Lord for their participation in you and in your family. And Lord, we thank you as a body for your participation in our lives. Lord, it's so awesome. And we praise you and we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day.